Chapter 1 Social Currency Among the brownstones and vintage shops on St. Mark's Place near Tompkins Square Park in New York City, you'll notice a small eatery. It's marked by a large red hot dog-shaped sign with the words Eat Me written in what looks like mustard. Walk down a small flight of stairs and you're in a genuine old hole-in-the-wall hot dog restaurant. The long tables are set with all your favorite condiments. You can play any number of arcade-style video games and, of course, order off a menu to die for. Seventeen varieties of hot dogs are offered. Every type of frankfurter you could imagine. The Good Morning is a bacon-wrapped hot dog smothered with melted cheese and topped with a fried egg. The Tsunami has teriyaki, pineapple, and green onions. And purists can order the New Yorker, a classic grilled all-beef frankfurter. But look beyond the gingham tablecloths and hipsters enjoying their hot dogs. Notice that vintage wooden phone booth tucked into the corner? The one that looks like something Clark Kent might have dashed into to change into Superman? Go ahead, peek inside. You'll notice an old-school rotary dial phone hanging on the inside of the booth the type that has a finger wheel with little holes for you to dial each number. Just for kicks, place your finger in the hole under the number 2, ABC. Dial clockwise until you reach the finger stop, release the wheel, and hold the receiver to your ear. To your astonishment, someone answers. Do you have a reservation? A voice asks. A reservation? Yes, a reservation. Of course you don't have one. What would you even need a reservation for? A phone booth in the corner of a hot dog restaurant? But today is your lucky day, apparently. They can take you. Suddenly, the back of the booth swings open. It's a secret door. And you are let into a clandestine bar called, of all things, Please Don't Tell. In 1999, Brian Shabero and his childhood friend, Chris Antista, decided to get into the hot dog business. The pair had grown up in New Jersey, eating at famous places like Rutt's Hut and Johnny and Hange's, and wanted to bring that same hot dog experience to New York City. After two years of R&D, riding their motorcycles up and down the East Coast, tasting the best hot dogs, Brian and Chris were ready. On October 6, 2001, they opened Criff Dogs in the East Village. The name coming from the sound that poured out of Brian's mouth one day when he tried to say Chris's name while still munching on a hot dog. Criff Dogs was a big hit and won the Best Hot Dog Award from a variety of publications. But as the years passed, Brian was looking for a new challenge. He wanted to open a bar. Criff Dogs had always had a liquor license, but had never taken full advantage of it. He and Chris had experimented with a frozen margarita machine and kept a bottle of Jägermeister in the freezer every once in a while, but to do it right, they really needed more space. Next door was a struggling bubble tea lounge. Brian's lawyer said that if they could get the space, the liquor license would transfer. After three years of consistent prodding, the neighbor finally gave in. But now came the tough part. 
New York City is flush with bars. In a four-block radius around Criff Dogs, there are more than 60 places to grab a drink. A handful are even on the same block. Originally, Brian had a grungy rock and roll bar in mind, but that wouldn't cut it. The concept needed to be something more remarkable, something that would get people talking and draw them in. One day, Brian ran into a friend who had an antique business, a big outdoor flea market selling everything from Art Deco dressers to glass eyes and stuffed cheetahs. The guy said he had found a neat old 1930s phone booth that he thought would work well in Brian's bar. Brian had an idea. When Brian was a kid, his uncle worked as a carpenter. In addition to helping to build houses and